Father, bless the reading of any scriptures that I share with my brothers and my sisters and those that are hearing undecided and unsure, Father God, that you would tug at their heart, pull their heart, and pull them in close to your promise. Abba Yahweh, Abba, Yeshua, Abba, So, <clears throat> we're going back into James and all these spiritists. Was, um, we had been talking about uh, in James and sharing about um, the tongue, the two-edgedness, the bitterness, the biting. You know, and it's a funny thing. The scripture... <laughs> I was looking here and, and the Spirit brought me to a section that I have. And points out a very impactful, insightful, of course, comes from the Holy Spirit, of course it is, but drawing my eye to this. And in chapter 3, I want to clarify a couple things, like this very first thing here, um, the first verse, my brethren, be not so many masters, knowing that you should receive the greater condemnation. What that means is you go boasting about so many things, and you brag about so many things, and so much, and you're this, and you're that, and I saw something in print the other day, I think it was posted, and I copied it, um, I actually took a screenshot of it because it's very true. Um, bear with me, I'm going to try to draw this up. Ah, watch out for people who are always bragging about who they are. A lion will never have to tell you it's a lion. How's that translate? If a person is what they say they are, they're not going to have to keep telling you over and over and over again. They will demonstrate. So many of these self-proclaimed, label-head, alleged Christians are so into letting everyone know and almost an advertisement but that's not what the Word of God tells us to do. The Word of God tells us to be about our Father's business, to share the Word, and that's all we do. We don't have to brag about it. One of the reasons I took my name off of this podcast is because it's not mine. God showed it to me. God gave it to me. God allowed it to happen. And God is my sovereign Lord. It's not mine. So there's a couple places in, in uh, protocols, I guess, back on the back pages where my name has to be on it because I started it and, you know, silly stuff like that. But this is not mine. God's word is the truth, the knowledge and wisdom that he shares with me to share and point out with others, to give others an opportunity that they might be saved. And the word of God uses that word. And you say, well, wait a minute. Might be saved? What? 
Yeah, might be saved. Because remember, you have a choice to make. You either choose that you want to believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, or you choose not to. And if you choose not to, and you choose to keep walking down the path to the strip clubs, the bar joints, the pool halls, you know, pool halls aren't bad in themselves. There were a couple that I frequented. I shot tournaments in there but wasn't going to hang out and drink and carouse and all that. And there are many that are just that way. They're very seedy. So we need to not allow ourselves to be drawn all over the place And continuing in verse 2, I, I shared this with you already. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. What does that mean? Well, that means that that guy is not worried about satisfying everybody else and trying to do and please everybody else because... When you try to do that and you go around bragging how much of a warrior or a lion you are and you can do this and you can do that and it's all in in being vaunting yourself and being a braggart and then you're going to forget this and forget that and you forgot that you were supposed to be over there because you were so encouraged by the fact that some cute gal was kind of being flirtatious so you went in that direction and you were brand you totally forgot about all this other stuff that you told everybody else that you were going to do days and days and days down the road and then you messed up and you forgot about her because you were going on a date with somebody else and then that somebody else finds out that you were already flirting around with this one and so forth and so on oh my goodness gracious now you've offended so many people it wasn't just a couple now everybody's upset with you so For in many things we offend all. Just stay in the truth. Stay in the word. And the only thing, and you don't even have to worry about doing it, is just keep the faith and keep God's word. Be about your father's business. Here's the thing I've shared with you before. It's so many get worried about so many things in pre-planning. God provided us with a gift, but there are many that have turned that gift into a deep, dark, sinful place. And this is what gives Satan great delight, actually, because this is what he does. And when you copy what he does... He is so overjoyed. What am I talking about? (coughs) Pardon me. See, now he's trying to interrupt because he doesn't want me to share and warn people. And that's okay because I rebuke this in the name of my Lord Jesus because the truth is out and coming out. Period. He takes great delight in the fact that we get caught up in pre-planning things. God has given us the ability to be able to foresee things and to pre-plan and we are the only of his creatures that are capable of doing that there are those that are 
very intelligent creatures out there other than ourselves and simply because they don't speak our language we think that they're not that's pretty sad actually but they can be taught this method this ideology but we don't want them doing that I don't I think it'd be a very boring place actually if we were able to do that but here's the thing get me back on track here in pre-planning, so many people f forget about this. For in many things, we offend all. You forget so many things because you've got your agenda so full and you can't fellowship with people that meant something to you or that you mean something to them. And because your agenda is so full of having to do this or that and the other thing, you can't do anything to be back and you think that social media is the answer for that. So you can keep in touch with them on social media. Hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? That's okay for a quick fix. But personal relationship that was built is important and needs to be nurtured. And it's sad when so many people put their I don't want I I hesitate to even use a word but it's what they do they put their faith in social media and here's the sad thing about it they, they term it social media why is it termed social media because what I have seen much of in going through these different platforms is not socializing socializing at all it's debasing, demeaning, derogatory, trolling, phishing, P-H-I, not F-I-S. But what does that mean? That means they're trying to get your information. They're trying to steal from you. And then you have the trollers who just go on to something. You don't even know the person. They don't even know you. But they see something that someone says and they want to draw them into an argument. That's all they're doing. They're just saying something. They don't even really care about the subject that you shared about, but you've made an opinion known, and they want to draw you into argumentation. That's trolling, phishing, scammers, liars, cheaters, stealers. They want to draw for your personal information. And then they start ripping you off. And then, of course, you have the scammers that are just outright lying and throwing fictitious businesses on there saying, oh, your order is on the way and it held up, but we need to get a confirmation on your information so we can make sure we get that to you. And if you are careful and you check these things, they're not even spelling things correctly. It's not even a correct company. It's not even their customer service number. Any true authorized shipper that I've ever used, they have a customer service number. And they send you a very simple message. Contact customer service regarding your shipment, period. And it's a toll-free customer service number. And if you deal with somebody in business like that often enough, you have that. But what they count on is this thing here. Is that you are being deceived and it's not social media. It's deception media. And it saddens me that so many 
are being drawn in and relying on this thing to maintain contact. It used to be a time, a day and time, and I remember growing up. <coughs> Unfortunately, Texas is so vast. I mean, goodness gracious. From the western border, it took me three days to get to my grandchildren. <laughs> wow. Big old state of Texas. But I remember growing up, if we were going to aunt and uncle's house, grandma and grandpa's house, whatever, we would go. We'd let them know that we were coming or we'd call them up. And we were on the way and it might take a little while. So it meant that we stayed overnight. We had a really good visit, big old barbecue and socialize, real socializing, real social media. The media that we were doing is watching movies and sharing and popcorn and having a good old time. Real socializing. Not this thing that's run by the Prince of the Air. Who's the Prince of the Air? Draws us into all these things. And James is talking about how large and vast the ships are that are on the sea. I know I got sidetracked a little bit, but it just kind of stresses me out because there's so many people that I don't see and they rely on this stupid little thing here that now that I open up that can of worms I'm going to step back into it because the spirit is saying it's okay this device that I'm holding in my hand that I'm using to do my father's business whose father are who is your father remember what Jesus told the, the Sanhedrin basically and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit because Jesus, I'm quite certain, wouldn't talk to people this way. But I am who I am and I'm what I am and I am a son of God and God doesn't mind that I get the point across. Matter of fact, he allows it <clears throat> because he knows that I am not. He knows that I am modeling myself to be that way and that I'm not there yet. And he knows that people will understand what I say and how I say it. So Jesus in front of the Sanhedrin, when they called him a blasphemer, a liar, and a son of Satan, and that he was calling on Satan to, to cast out demons and do the things and accusing him of that way. And Jesus, of course, blasted back at them. And, and uh, in my mind's eye, Jesus reached under his robe and he pulled out a big old double barrel shotgun and he blasted him with both barrels. Of course, we know that Jesus wouldn't do that, but that's a figurative speaking. And if you're offended, then that's unfortunate, but it's figuratively speaking. And he told the Sanhedrin, because wait a minute, he says, you claim to know the truth. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and it bit you in your hindquarters. If it was a poisonous snake and it took a bite out of your behind, you wouldn't know the truth. You wouldn't recognize the truth. You couldn't see the truth. You can't see the truth as it stands before you because the truth is in the word of God and the word stands before you now and you still can't see it and understand it. You don't understand. <laughs> when I speak to you parabolically, you don't understand the word. Why? Because you are caught up in the language of your father and you are speaking your native tongue. What is your native tongue? Native tongue are lies and deceit. <coughs> Pardon me. This is why I talk about this 
thing. I'm using it, and God has allowed me to use it as a device to get his word out. It can be used for good things if we remember and focus our mind that this is a tool. This tool that I'm using now is a device to get my father's word out to more people, a vaster audience than I would be able to reach if I was physically traveling. But here's the thing that so many people forget. You have an individual that is wandering this world, this plane of existence that we are in. And his temporary kingdom, Sheol, Hell, Hades, whatever you want to call it, the pit, is growing bigger. And it's growing bigger because more and more people are being drawn by the prince of the air, so it had to be expanded. When Hell was originally created, it was meant to hold Satan and those who decided to follow him from heaven. The angels that fell with him, the Chaldeans, the mighty warriors, the powerful demons. Those are the, those are the, what they would call the real nasties. But Satan has another name beside Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies, Lucifer, and those other things. He is also called the Prince of the Air. Which is very interesting because it's not, well, it is and it isn't. I had to think about that for a second. The Holy Spirit just came in and gave me clarity there. He was called the Prince of the Air because Satan could make things happen just with the airwaves. And he could make music. He could draw music. He could manipulate and create that without instrumentation. Do you not think that this quote-unquote social media device is manipulated by he who could manipulate the airwaves. So what? He can't manipulate the bandwidth, the the airwaves? Oh, yes, he can. And he does. Because when this thing first came out, I can remember the very first cellular telephone I ever had. I was carrying around pagers for my work. I was carrying around pagers. And, and, you know, there was a point in time where, oh, yeah, I put a pager on, man. That that means I'm cool. Yeah, right. Um, And then you had... um, the first, the very first cellular telephone, a little flip phone. There was none of this trolling and there was no texting or any of this other stuff back where you couldn't take pictures. You could take, you could, um, you could send an email to somebody. You could call somebody. You could get a message from somebody or send somebody a message. That was it. Very basic, very limited period. Now, these cellular telephones that are out here actually, believe it or not, that these things have the same amount of power as the computer that launched the first rocket ship to the moon. In each and every device that each person holds in their hand. Pretty powerful. That's factual information. And yet, individuals can't seem to control these things because their focus is not where it should be. What does that mean? That means that they're interested in following, trolling, phishing, scamming, lying, cheating, deceiving, hate-filled speech, hate-filled language. And on that, I'm going back into James. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths 
that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Interesting. Anybody been around horses? I've been around horses. I've ridden. I have a friend who is a horse person and horses are not easy to guide around. When they don't want to do something, you can't make them do something and you are not going to pick up an animal that weighs close to a thousand pounds and turn them in the direction you want to go. And if they feel that you don't know what you're doing and that you don't understand what they're about and they're listening to you all the time, when you're riding them, they're listening. You see where their ears are? They turn their ears back to you quite often because they want you to talk to them. They want you to speak to them. They want you to guide them. And if you're not, Okay, I'm going to dump this nuisance off. I'm going to find the closest tree. I'm going to knock their head up backwards and knock them off. I'm going to rub up against this. I'm going to go through poison oak. You see, poison oak and sumac, it doesn't disturb them like it does us. Oh, they do this thing. If you can't guide them, but you put that thing in their mouth and you think that you have control. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds. Yet they are turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth. The governor being the small rudder and pen and that you are the helmsman and you are the ship governor using the governor of the ship and you're turning it to the direction you want it to go. Have you ever thought about those massive tanker ships that are out there and Comparatively speaking, the rudders. Now, I'm sitting here looking at my at my wall, and about eight feet up. So each fan blade of a propeller on one of those great ships is about eight feet long, and there's five of those around at an angle. And usually those big ships have two of those propellers. So those are pretty big. Okay, so about 16 feet from one fan blade to the tip of the other fan blade. That's a, that's a pretty big propeller. But then when you look at how they put that on the ship and then the rudder fans are around the side, each side of those. And they kind of turn those in an angle with the, with the helm, the steering wheel. For those of you that don't speak sea language. And that turns the propulsion of the propeller in a direction. So then they want to go to the port or starboard. Starboard being the right, port being the left. I think. I can't remember. But anyway, they want to go to a certain direction. So they turn those rudders. Now... I'm going to that point and making that illustration because that compared to the size, the enormity of these ships is so minuscule. And mammon has become so arrogant that they think that this is their control and they have it all under control. And when you put these things on there and you get into stormy seas and you have a rudder or a propeller that breaks and it happens. Oh, it happens. And they don't pay attention and they run up against a shoal or they hit a reef ledge and they break that rudder. That giant ship is now helpless. It cannot turn. 
into of the waves or the storms as it should, and it can't ride properly, and eventually that ship sinks. Or it gets totally flooded, and now there's an SOS and a mayday going out, and you have, you don't hear about it on this blank, quote-unquote, social media networking. You don't hear or read about it unless it's really big and you have loss of life that everybody wants to hear about it. The point that I'm making is you'll understand in a moment. So they think that they have control over this small little thing, but yet, but yet, even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. What does that mean? And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. That means that just like those big ships and they got that little tiny rudder and propeller running that big old thing, we have this tongue, yet it's a small portion comparatively of the human body. It's relatively small in nature. It's a muscle, but it's small. And yet it runs things. Oh, yeah. You have braggarts who will just throw that out there. They will set fires in job places. You will have those who will cons cause conspiracies to be built up. You had the Church of Ephesus that Paul wrote to, and you had two women that were at odds with one another, and they caused a rift in the body, the holy body of the church that was intended intended to worship God, learn about God, and understand God, but because somebody had an opinion and the other person didn't agree with that opinion, they began to go at one another and they caused a hellish fire in that church. And it split the church with their membership, split it right down and they took a side. You couldn't go to church unless you took somebody's side. And it caused a rift right in the body. It happens in our churches today. And sadly, there have been times where the churches have split and they have become so controlling and they think that they're in charge and not the Lord God Almighty that they have run off pastors. Well, we're the controlling administration of this church and we think that you're speaking too much truth and you're speaking too much God and we don't like the way you're running it. And you get individuals that get to be elders of churches and they start talking smack because they can't control that little thing in their mouth. And then they start talking against the gifts of the spirit. They start talking about how things shouldn't be done a certain way because that's not the way we do it around here, except here's the thing. They're not talking about that's not how the way we do it around here. That's not the way I want to see it done around here. So I'm saying that. And I'm not sharing with the head pastor. I'm not sharing with the executive pastor. And I'm not sharing with the other members. I'm telling you that's how it should be because I don't want to see the gifts of the Spirit used. I don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So I, 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 I. That's the way you operate when you let that tongue just wag away. Indeed.
we don't have control of that. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. Can't control. Unable to control. This is why I pray, pardon me, every day that the Holy Spirit control this thing and that the Holy Spirit that I have a heap of coals piled on my tongue that I'm too worried about that burning fire to be able to wag that thing the way it's wagging or the way it can. And understanding this, that the tongue can, by members of the same body, sadly, pardon me, (coughs) pardon me, that sneeze had to come, is that... um, Sadly, within the same body of the church, you have individuals that just, they can't control that tongue. They got to talk. They got a rumor monger. They have to gossip monger. They have to be gossiping and talking about somebody or something that's going on. And when I have some individuals do that at my church, I turn and I walk away. Because if it's not uplifting if it's not encouraging and it's talking about someone or about something that someone has done and they try to pretend by not saying anybody's name but it's actually fairly obvious especially if you are a close-knit body and you pay attention to others around you understand what's going on and and what's really sad is there is this um, person that and they hadn't been there But nobody even knew their name. Nobody even knew what was going on. Now, you have to remember this, that you have to share. You have to use that tongue. You have to speak to people. And there are some of us that are, we allow our fears and things that we are not intended to have to to overwhelm us and that we don't want to share personal things that are going on with other members of the body. But here's the thing. Pardon me. That's important to do because we are to pray one for another, to edify, to uplift. And the Bible says occasionally to admonish. Admonishment is a good thing. God admonishes. It helps improve and strengthen our faith. But the the primary thing that we need to do when we share within the body is for uplifting, for prayer, edification, sharing, and taking care of one another. Do not, do not think that you can control that little thing that wags in front of your face on your own because you cannot. Something's going to slip out. Something's going to get by. And I'm going to share with you again that thing with the heaping coal, hot coals. In the land of Egypt, when somebody seriously offended and the offense was that that it may injure the whole, meaning the whole citizenry. 
that they were commanded that they would walk around with a copper bowl on their head filled with hot coals. And they would walk around and usually people would smell the burning hair. And then they'd see this person and they knew that they had committed a serious offense somehow or another that they had done something pretty bad. This little thing that wags in front of your face and and that little gaping hole sometimes turns into a sewage effluent. People spew out sewage out of that thing. They spew out lies out of that thing. This thing that's on the front of your face called a mouth and that thing called a tongue is supposed to speak truth, strengthen, encourage, no rumor mongering, no gossip mongering, no lying, no deceit, speaking truth. I speak my father's truth, his knowledge and wisdom that he imparts to me and allows me to share with others. And that is what I'm about my father's business, period, period. And I have to pray daily because through the course of my day, there's some pretty nasty folks that will run into. <clears throat> and let me share this with you also. Is that you get a hole, sometimes you run into folks that are just spewing out this thing and they and and the primary thing that the devil wants to keep stirred up is racism. Why is that? Because you have a great number on both sides and if racism can be kept stirred up it is the most derisive tool that the enemy uses against us but what i encounter is that there are individuals that are so caught up in that that they keep spewing and they'll they'll spew for 20 30 minutes on this they won't let it go especially if somebody else said hey i'm sorry i i didn't i didn't mean to to cause you any discomfort I didn't that's not what I meant it wasn't meant to that and I've heard that done but then the person who is griping most about it is indeed the guilty party you may or may not have heard the term and it was uh, in a Shakespearean play I believe can't quite remember but I think it was from that time period I doth I do think the lady protests too much. So the more you keep yakking your trap, that would be your mouth, wagging your tongue, and in denial. This is about a case where I think they, that the woman had stabbed her her romantic lovers. Anyway, can't remember. Not important. And kept protesting and just. Instead of allowing evidentiary procedure to take place and for the truth to, to come out, she kept just not, but wound up being guilty, guilty of this. I'll get out. And those that claim to not appreciate that racism and that sort of thing and that sort of thing, and they keep claiming that, but yet they keep talking about it and driving it in this, this conversation instead of allowing it to end and say, oh, Okay, I'm sorry, I guess I misunderstood and let it go. They didn't let it go. They kept spewing, going and going. This person had already apologized and stepped away and even moved seats away. But that person kept agitating and trying to stir up all the others that were on the vehicle 
and I mean speaking loudly because all 40 feet away I can hear this yammering spewage coming out and just kept it going and kept it going and kept it going and kept it going. That person was actually the guilty party. We have to be cautious of this thing. This tongue cannot be controlled by ourselves. We need help to do so. The Holy Spirit will guide it. Remember, it is a two-edged sword. The Roman army, they loved that short blade two-edged sword. Why? Because they liked to get in close. They were trained to get in close. They didn't wear armor on their backs because they, if they were stabbed in their back or they were speared in their back, they were more than likely running away from the battle. That's the way their centurions looked at things, the centurion being in charge of 100 men. So they were looked at badly and their families were not taken care of. If they died in battle and they had a spear in the back or were stabbed in the back, they were running away and not into and not staying with their comrades. But this two-edged sword, when they came in close combat, they loved that thing. It was short-bladed, had two razor-sharp edges on it, and it would wound going in and wound coming out. And they had a technique that they used to do the most damage in the body that they could when they came in. The tongue is that. What do I share that for? I share that because our tongue is likened in the scripture as a two-edged sword. And it is indeed. Because if you don't control your tongue, you can hurt somebody when you come in contact with them and you say something hurtful and harmful and something offensive. It hurts them. And then you don't apologize or you say something smug on the way out Increasing that hurt or that wound by what? Or that little two-edged sword that spews garbage out of the effluent pipe called your mouth. We need to control that. That gate control is only operable with your hands and the hands of the Holy Spirit together controlling. Brothers and sisters, we are meant to encourage, to uplift, admonish occasionally, to edify, to help. And I share this not in a, but in a constructive context so that you can, you can seek this truth in the word. And I tell you all the time, I'll remind you again, in case some of you want to say, oh, I'm so offended. Well, don't get your knickers in a twist and all uncomfortable in your sitting because if the shoe fits, put it on and wear it and let it squeak and let it pinch. Because that's, if you're offended, there's the other thing that I've learned in my lifetime is that if you become so offended by something that is said, then perhaps you are indeed the guilty one of that said offense so if somebody's sharing something rather, and really, and I've noticed that mostly <laughs> walking around, the people that are so offended about something are really so very guilty of that very thing that they're so offended by. And they keep going on. They keep yammering about it. They won't let it lay down. And as they say in certain areas of this country, they don't shut the pie hole. They just keep going on and on and on and on about that thing that they're so offended by. But yet, in keeping the talk, the dialogue going about, they're 
keeping the offense, they're keeping the flames fanned. Remember what it just said? The tongue is like the fires of hell, that it starts that up. So what, are you going to fan the flames or are you going to douse them? You douse them by being encouraging, uplifting, and speaking through the Holy Spirit. Be about our Father's business, not about this, the business of Satan, the enemy. Remember Jesus tells us in Luke, and he tells us, he speaks to us, he's speaking to the, his disciples that are physically there in front, but he's talking to all of us. If you are a true Christian, not just a label head, and not just a self-proclaimed, but you are a true Christian, true believer in the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God, and you are an adopted son or daughter of Lord God Almighty, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are adopted by the Lord God, Heavenly Father, creator of all things made. And now we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the anointed of God in the kingdom of heaven. The Bible tells us that. We combine that in several scriptures. The adoption letter, Romans chapter 8, our adoption letter. Brothers and sisters, say, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. I will have faith in you, Father. Holy Spirit, guide my steps. Let's go. I do, I will, let's go. That's our new mantra. And if you have any questions, find somebody who can help you in the word. Try the spirit I've, I've shared with you oftentimes and I share with you and I'll share it with you again. Try my spirit. The Holy Spirit's gonna let you know that I speak the truth. Some of you might not like the way I speak, but see, I don't have this vaunted degree from some school of mammon signed by some so-and-so that says that I can speak good Greek and Latin and languages unbeknownst to mankind. My degree and my validation comes from Heaven Sent University. My chancellor is the Lord God Almighty. The vice chancellor is his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who came and died for me so that I would be able to get my admission. Therein is the truth. Jesus Christ came and died for me so that I can be admitted into Heaven Sent University and that I could be an heir, joint heir in the kingdom of heaven. And the Holy Spirit is the director of student relations, counselor, and guidance. So my credentials from my university, I'm sorry, any of you out there that hold a theological degree and you want to claim that has more authority, I'll argue that point, but I'm not going to sit there and keep it going and going and going. But it, my degree has more validation and I don't need to wag it in front of people's face. And I've shared with you before that there are those that do. I'm not going to do that. God condones my sharing 
he established the podcast. It's his podcast. I just happen to be the one yammering. And he allows me to do so. One last thing, and then we're going to remember this. And, um, and then I'm going to depart until another day. So we're going to flip back here to the book of Hebrews. Let me do so right quickly. In uh, Hebrews 11. Oops, sorry. Oh, went right by it. I'm so sorry. Hebrews 11. And 34 talks about out of our weakness that our Lord makes us strong. And Paul is writing to the make sure I'm in the right chapter. There we go. And we're talking about down here and Paul is sharing with the church that he was and this, incidentally, um, Hebrews 11 is what many earthly theologians call the hall of faith. And they like to call it that because it talks about um, faith a lot. And there are a lot of names that are mentioned here. But what we have to understand, too, is that many, many of these individuals actually failed. And in their faith, they came back and rose up. <clears throat> that Jacob, although had some issues, but he had great faith in that while he was dying, he both he blessed both sons of Joseph and he went to worship and he worshiped the Lord God Almighty while leaning on his staff. Reminds me of the song, Leaning, Leaning on the everlasting arms of Lord God Almighty. And then you have, you have in Jericho, when the spies went, you had a harlot, Rahab, She knew by speech that the spies that went in were the nation of Israel. She knew that there was something special by faith with their army because word had reached Jericho and they were actually very fearful. And they knew that God was moving with them and they knew that something was about the nation of Israel. When they were following God and obeying God, God stood by them. And by her faith that she told them, she said, I will help you. I want you to help me. You save my family and, I, and your God will be my God. And she knew. So they did. They saved her. They helped her because she had faith in God.
Then you have Gideon, Harak, Samson, Joseph, David, Samuel, who through faith, verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promise, and stopped the mouths of lions. That point I bring up because those lions that brag so much about what they're about and everything that they can do are just that, just braggarts. But faith, righteousness, the Holy Spirit can stop that. You don't need to argue with them and make a point of argument because then you've just slidden down that slope and fallen into a place that you don't need to be. The guidance of the Holy Spirit, the strength of the Father. But understand this, is that we are told that we are in a spiritual battle. And part of that spiritual battle, pardon me, is the warfare that takes place in combating the minions of hell, because there are many, whether they're in the spiritual or the physical, and there are many out here in our plane of existence that are minions of hell. And they get people so riled up and so agitated and so stirred up that they have to make their opinion known. And what do they do? They run to that thing that is governed and utilized and manipulated by the prince of the air who manipulates their thought process, who interferes that white noise interference. We have to fight against that. The Holy Spirit will keep us strong. And we can actually, as uh, Hebrews 11.34, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. And out of our weakness, we're made strong. And we can become brave in the fight. And we can fight against those armies of aliens. So what are they talking about? They're not talking about... They're talking about those things that do not belong in us because we are of our Lord. And we are having faith in God. And those aliens would be those spirits that don't belong in us, that don't belong here. And we can rebuke them because our Lord gave us that authority. In the book of Luke, he says, and I give unto you authority that you can step on the heads of serpents and scorpions and even stand against the powers of the enemy himself. Jesus Christ gave us that authority. And you, brothers and sisters, have to be bold enough to stand up, have faith in that, believe in that, and rebuke these things. And you don't have to be confrontational about it. You just stand upright. Be bold and courageous in the truth, the knowledge, and the wisdom of Lord God Almighty. And that is that. You are in my prayers on my going out and my coming in every day.